2: What's up guys? It's Mike and Mark from LRM TV Podcast. Uh we're back from our little hiatus, so, you know. Um August and September is kind of the the down period of the TV world and so it wasn't really a, a whole lot for us to cover. So we went instead and started covering uh conventions and went uh to Atlanta, to Richmond, Charlotte and um we have many more planned here in the future, so we'll definitely be busy coming up in this uh fall and spring. But now um, we're at September 21st, and we finally have the beginnings of the series premieres uh, going on this week. So uh, really the first premiere that we're going to tackle since the CW main DC shows aren't premiering for another two weeks uh, is going to be Gotham. Um, Basically, this is the one that Mark covers the most. He's the one that uh, has been probably most passionate about covering. would you say, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. I I would say it's definitely up there. I've always,
1: um, I mean, Batman's always been my favorite and I'm a, you know, even though I I have to like Marvel and everything else, but I'm a DC guy um, through and through and uh, yeah, definitely, um, you know, I know people have kind of mixed reviews about uh, Gotham, but I've always been intrigued not only by Batman, but just his rogues gallery. Um, I just find it so, so interesting and I like kind of the and being grounded in that reality. Um, that's what I really enjoy about it.
2: Yeah. So where would you have rated this uh series premiere from the previous two seasons? Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect at first, but I
1: actually really enjoyed uh the season premiere for season three here. Um I thought the the storyline was good. Like I said, I was a little I wasn't disappointed at the end of season two, but I wasn't really sure what direction they were gonna go. Um, you know, I I didn't exactly like this idea of, like, oh, you have all of these kind of, like, mutated people now. And I think some of the reason for that was just because I saw, um like, what having humans and whatnot did to Arrow. And I was like, oh, gosh, I hope that doesn't happen. But I think they they've have a good mix of it because it's not overloaded. It does help explain um certain individuals that we'll get into later, like uh poison ivy and killer croc. Um so it does really help explain that but isn't the focus at the same time. Um I really enjoyed a lot of the uh uh just seeing a lot of the characters again. Um you and I kinda of talked about it. I feel like these actors are really starting to get into their roles. Um, you know, some kind of took off with it uh, from from the get go, but I really feel like some of them are um, extremely reflective of their uh, comic book counterparts.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you that uh, it was kind of, the show started off on a rocky note where it was going to be, I think the the writers and the showrunners were trying to make it more of a cop show than anything else, mm-hmm. and you know, having a little bit of incorporation of Batman mythology into it, and when complaints started coming in, and, you know, the viewers basically you know, kind of started to turn away from it. They they embraced the Batman mythology and now are focused on making the show more about the 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 villains of Batman rather than just one cop or making it a cop show, which you know has definitely made it um, keep its presence and you know got it at season three. As there was talk that after season one that maybe season two was going to be it, and that was. Going to be the end of things, but you know, it looks like it's got a good head of steam going into it. I kind of like you didn't know what to expect, but um, you know, I do enjoy seeing a different type of um, you know, origin stories for some of these villains. You know, it's we if it, it, you've been a fan of Batman for as long as we have, I mean, you know, the origin of, of Penguin, you know, the origin of, of um, the Riddler, Catwoman, um, Poison Ivy. Harvey Dent turning into Two Face, Joker, and so forth, Um, and so this kind of gives a different spin on it. And it's pre-Batman. It's you know these villains becoming their own uh, identity without Batman, which you know I'm I'm starting to enjoy a whole lot. Um, So yeah, I think another thing.
1: Yeah, I think another thing that's great about it um, is just that even though like you know we have an idea of some of these villains' backgrounds. Um well we've seen maybe like an origin story, but the depth that they're going with it is really interesting to me. And some of the dynamics, um, like just the interaction between uh, Penguin and Nigma at Arkham, I thought was really good. Um, you know, seeing those two work together at this early stage really sets up for uh, you know, as we know, um, you know, Penguin and Riller at times working together um, later, when Batman is finally around, so I think um, actually seeing more to their story and more to their characters um, at an earlier stage is is fairly, is, I think, is one of the more intriguing parts to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. Um, so from here on out, we're going to go into spoilers of the series premiere. So if you're if you haven't watched the series premiere of Gotham and you don't want to know any more about the first episode. Um, just stop right now, go watch it and come back and listen to us. So um there's your warning. So what do you think of the time jump going six months ahead um from the the, the end of season two?
1: Um I think it's I think it's good. Uh because I feel that, you know, with the, it, it's not an extreme time jump where we really get a lot lost in what's going on. But it was enough to show that Things have moved forward, and these different kind of factions are still really trying to dig for power and i I think I like it because it's show, it's showing that it's like this process, you know I think sometimes we watch these shows or we read the comic and we see kind of the end result, you know like yeah. here's who's in charge or here's what's happened uh, but to, to you know to have that kind of six month gap, it's like hey here you know here are these people, here are these relationships that have like started to form, you know whether it's fish and her group um it was, so I thought that was interesting. um, I also thought it was you know to get a little glimpse of Lee again, who has now seemingly moved forward um right. with her life, and Gordon has realized that, and I think that may take take him down um. I, I wouldn't necessarily say a different road per se, but now that he's this kind of bounty hunter, um, I think that is much different because he was headed in that direction when he was with Lee. But I don't think that's something that Lee would have wanted him to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of time jumps uh, in television shows. Um, basically, we don't need to know every single detail, you know, moving forward, and it allows us to to go a little bit faster in the, the time and the story of, you know, these characters that we may not get. You know, um, I always used to get upset with certain shows that, you know, continue the timeline, and you knew that they were only in the last four or five seasons. And so without a time jump, you really only get, a, you know, a third of the story that the, the showrunner or the writers want to tell. So by going ahead six months, it allows you to to establish, a new type of a Gotham where it's being um, not controlled by the the mob or anything, but in, in, not necessarily controlled, but being run by um, these new metahumans, if you want to call them that, or Hugo strangest characters. Um, and it also shows you that, you know, Gordon quit the force for good. He's a bounty hunter now, which that's a unique storyline. And I know you had uh a, a interesting, you know, it's, opinion about that. You know, what do you think about Gordon becoming a bounty hunter? You know, to be honest, at first I was I was kind of like what I was kind of confused. I was, well not
1: confused, but I was kinda of like, I don't know, this is odd to me. Um just because you know, I guess I had never really pictured Gordon in that way. But the more that we kinda of talked about it, it does make sense. Um like I said, I think more than anything I just wasn't really expecting it. Um, Like, you know, kind of this rogue bounty hunter. But I guess, you know, now that I've kind of processed the episode more, it makes sense um, moving forward because he was kind of on this path, you know, whether it was like with Theo Gallivant or anything like that um, in that situation. Um, But I think it really sets up, and you had mentioned this as well, sets up the dynamics between he and Bruce, sets up the dynamics between what is actually kind of needed in Gotham. Right. and, you know, there's, there's that need for something more or someone more than what the GCPD can offer.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Is that, um and my kind of thought process behind it was that um you need a, a bounty hunter right now. It could have been, you know, anybody, but you, you need something to motivate that storyline for Bruce to become Batman. Um, mm-hmm. And it works out that it's, It's Gordon um, because we know in the future that Gordon and um, Batman have a a very tight relationship and this could be that that point where Bruce finally trusts Gordon because in the show it's kind of been a back and forth that Bruce, you know, in season one was all about trusting Gordon finding his parents' uh, killers and then season two uh, as Gordon gets more in depth in the mob and everything he realizes that Gordon's never going to find him then he takes it upon himself and um, becomes this, you know, beginning of a of a bounty hunter ish to go after his his parents killers and so um, it was, you know, it's definitely interesting to see uh, Gordon in this light like, because we've never seen him like this. So right, um, it, it's definitely one of those um, newer stories that you know breaking away from the Batman mythology we're used to. So it, it gives you because we're what like. Think about it. What storyline do we know besides um, Batman Year One where you see Gordon as a young man? uh, Yeah, really. Year year One is not. not. So this kind of gives you that that premise that Gordon did fight crime. You know, was it always the right way to know? But it it gives you that understanding of why Gordon is always the cop that always uh, is on the side with Batman and never against him and being one of those cops trying to capture him, you know um yeah so, absolutely. yeah i think going that route it gives you that like the the circle is complete when bruce becomes batman it's kind of like okay gordon started as a bounty hunter and you know the guy going after all these villains by himself and then something's going to cause him to go back to the force maybe when barbara's born you know um, right so you know wondering if that's going to happen this season and that will be the the event that causes them to go back to the force and do things the right way. Um sure. so, yeah. Yeah. But it definitely yeah, it's
1: like he it's like he needs something to keep him grounded. It's like that started to be we obviously but as we know, he and we don't stay together. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, what what will that be exactly? Um you know, but I, yeah, I think that's a good way to kind of bridge that relationship. Uh like I said, it's definitely first kinda of, I was I was kind of weirded out by it but the more i thought about it it definitely makes sense
2: right um you know i'm still wondering how in the world he gets to the point in his life that he's going to name his daughter after barbara when he's <laughs> dated or engaged his psycho ex-barbara and stuff like, that. like uh, right the way that they're going to write that out that's it's just alone is uh the reason why i'm still watching the show um, well, I
1: mean, even he had that little connection with her, even at the end of, I think it was in, well, not the end, but that was in season two, right, where she was, right. um, like, in the wedding dress? Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he
2: still have something for her, like, that Yeah, in, in, you know, first love or whatever. Um, or he, he feels responsible for letting Barbara go down this path of becoming psychotic. Right. Um, who knows? It's,
1: so my question for you is, what do you think of... Bruce's character right now because I think for me personally if there's been a weaker point in the series it's been Bruce's character and I want to know what you kind of think
2: yeah I mean definitely Bruce's character is how to rely a lot on Alfred um, to carry it he's um, kind of you know they try I know the writers have tried to establish him you know going out on his own and trying to become you know that individual who learns you know the the characteristics of, you know, Gotham and the streets and understanding the the crime mob and and figuring all that out because he has to become at a a point in time the world's greatest detective and I don't think Mm -hmm. he's done a really good job of that. I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm used to, you know, the young Bruce Wayne as learning some sort of form of martial arts or fighting style even at this young of an age because um, you know, there's not a whole lot. The story of Bruce has never been really, you know, developed. So, you know, I'm assuming at this point in time, he's got to be, you know, close close to, you know, 14, 15 years old. And then we assume that he's probably going to be Batman around 20 to 25 mm-hmm. in that range. So this has got to, he's got to start learning how to, all the tricks of the trade. And they haven't done that yet. They keep, you know, season two was all about finding his, his parents' murder, and they, they did that, and they wrapped that up, and now it's kind of like it's at a standstill. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think that in season
0: one,
1: I thought they actually did a decent job of showing that detective side. It was Bruce, like, after his parents were killed, remember he, like, wasn't going to school. He was, like, brooding. He would, like, lock himself in the mm-hmm. whatever the room is, the, the library or whatever, that the office is. Yeah. And he uh, he spent the whole time, like, actually trying to research and this and that. I thought that was pretty good. But I feel like – I felt like at the beginning of uh, the episode, I had a little bit of hope because I'm like, all right, he's going into Wayne Enterprises. And he kind of – he didn't sound really nervous. He just kind of stuck it to him and was like, here's what it is. If you don't do – if you don't, like, come clean, then I'll have every – I'll give everything I have to the media. I was like, okay, so I'm seeing a little bit more of a stronger development in this character, but then at the end, I, I feel like it just—I feel like Bruce is almost like the damsel in distress role, right? You know, I like I feel like he—he's always getting captured. Um, Alf alfred is always fighting his fight for him, and then Alfred gets like knocked out, and then Bruce gets taken, and I feel like that's kind of the, like I feel like everything else story-wise is so strong. But that's, like, the one reoccurring pole, that is just, like, Alfred tries to defend them, and he gets taken, and it's just yeah. over and over again.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, the, like you said, probably the weakest character on a show, unfortunately, is the one character that we all are watching the show about. I mean, there no Bruce Wayne, no Gotham, basically. So,
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: I think that's what, the missing piece, and why there's so many people that are um, not anti Netflix, but just basically drop it off. Is of that it, this is not the 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 Bruce Wayne that they're used to. Um, right. Sure. And you know, I can understand season one him being upset and yeah, you know, sure. and everything, and you know, and con- dealing with it. But at some point in time, the light bulb's got to click, and he's got to be like, okay, I'm not going to let this happen to anyone else again. And that's that process that becomes um, Batman. And that would be, I'm telling you, like. It's his own storyline. Would be great. Um, so and maybe oh, yeah. who knows? Maybe that's what you know we get from Bruce this season. But yeah, sure. but from the from the premiere alone, I mean, we saw that little bit of Bruce confronting Wayne Enterprises the board. Um, we get the the one board member who kind of just laughs at him, um, and you know, I'll dive into my theories about that in a little bit. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, that's the beginning of him. I think you know, trying to become that that man that becomes Batman.
1: So, Yeah,
2: yeah. but it, the show really focuses on um uh, the villains and I think that's something that they've really done a good job at and you know, this episode alone you had the return of Fish Mooney 100%. Now, outside of um Indian Hills, mm-hmm. Oswald Cobblepot back to being the Penguin, um Nigma in jail but still having an influence with Cobblepot. And then um we saw Barbara and Tabitha running a nightclub now for uh, for bad guys, which is, you know, pretty cool and interesting, um, you know, that type of spin that they've gone on. And so which uh, out of those villains did you find the most entertaining from the premiere? Um, well, I am just a huge fan of Penguin.
1: I mean, it's just, he's so well done. Um, and I just, I feel like I never know what to expect with him. You know, it's like you know, one minute he seems he fine and then suddenly flips the switch. Um, but the one I really want to keep my eye on is the Barbara Tabitha uh dynamics. Um, because just the way that they, they handled, you know, what Bush tries to get, you know, a couple I don't know, guys into the bar to get Barbara out of the way so he can have Tabitha back. And just the way that Tabitha and Barbara both handled those guys was really, you know, just shows how powerful they are. And even though they're, like, obviously beautiful ladies, like, people don't see it coming. You know, like, we know that from Tabitha, but then Barbara with her, like, crazy laugh and bashing the guy in the head when he's already down. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it was is really well done. And I think that they'll end up being bigger players um, then maybe they just came out of this first one. Because they've always kind of been behind the scenes, whether it's Tabitha with Galavant, uh Theo Gallivant and Butch, or Barbara when she was with Theo Gallivant or, um, and, you know, she was in Arkham for a while or not. Um, and I, I think that they're going to start coming out of those roles now and maybe even fighting for some control in Gotham as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely think that that's kind of going to be the play between um, Tabitha Gallavan and Barbara Keene. It's it's, they're going to start small, kind of like the the cobble Pot way, um, own a bar, mm-hmm. get, you know, get the get the inside knowledge of what's going on in the underworld, and then slowly but surely gain ground and take over. Because um, you know we we know from the books that Tabitha becomes a tigress. Barbara, we're not really sure about Barbara Keene, um, which is you know, it could. I mean, when I first the first season, I, I was assuming that Barbara keen was going to marry Gordon, and yep. they were going to have a daughter named Barbara as well. And that is definitely not going to happen. And if it does happen, that'll be the strangest marriage I've ever seen. Right. Um, but you know, you nailed it with uh, Nygma and Kabbalpa. I think this show casting wise, those two, Corey Michael Smith who plays Edward Nygma, and then Robin Lord Taylor who plays Otto Kabbalpa. Are the two strongest actors and characters of the show, without a doubt. Absolutely. I mean, they nailed it, and I love how like little by little that Robin Lord Taylor, you know, Oswald's character is becoming the Penguin. Because I don't know if you noticed it, um, this uh, this series premiere, but his teeth now have become rotten. um, just like the Penguins, you know, um, have right. Teeth and yeah, so it's like the, he's adopted the suit, you know, he's got the 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 walk and everything, um now now his teeth have started to rot and so little by little if they make Robin Lord Taylor gain like fifty sixty pounds he will become uh the penguin.
1: That's all yeah and I, I agree between um he and um you know Enigma it's just they they steal every scene that they're in, you know. Right. And it's not it's not overly done by any means, but just they're such good actors and they really portray the character and even like with with Nigma, obviously he's you know uh, Penguin bought him that puzzle that is supposed to be you know the most difficult puzzle ever, and Nigma just you know nails it in seconds. And you know that Penguin's got some more you know some sort of plan uh, for him, which is um, I'm interested to see. There's a whole lot of screen time for Nigma, um, but I still expect him to be there uh, this season.
2: Yeah, and I mean, um, even then it shows you how good of an actor Corey Michael Smith is. That that little bit of time, that two minute scene that he has with Talapai as Edward Nigma, he he, you know, he that doesn't feel the scene, but he embraces it and uses that whole cool two minutes to get his his character across. And I thought it was great. So if you look at the at the play of this episode, you have Fish Mooney who's gotten herself out of Indian Hills. Um, and leading a gang of the um, patients from Indian Hills trying to find a cure um, because it seems like the um, the, the patients, now that they have broken out, they can use their powers, but they, if they use their powers, they become severely weak. Um, so they're trying to find a cure, and they're basically terrorizing the city looking for medicines. And in the end, we get that Fish Mooney has to find Hugo Strange in order to, um, you know, in order to find his cure, which leads us to, you know, later on in the season or episode two. Um, Selena is back with Fish Mooney, and that was kind of come full circle from season one because that's how it started. Oswald is after Fish Mooney um, because of just the hatred for her, recruits Nigma to help out. And then you have the entrance at the end of the episode of The Court of Owls. So it's slowly but surely this this show is gathering, you know, that, that rogue gallery that we're so used to because you have Fish Mooney, who is not necessarily a major character in, in the Batman mythology, but Selina is Catwoman. Oswald becomes Penguin. Nygma becomes Riddler. The Court of Owls, which is a more recent um villain group uh, to the Batman mythology I believe it was 2011 um, when they're introduced in the comic series uh, Tabitha Galvan yeah uh, Tabitha Galvan becomes Tigress. we have the uh, time jump or age jump for what you want to call it of um, Isley becoming Poison Ivy and then the big question mark is Bruce's doppelganger and we kind of discussed this before in our preview show because we saw this char- you know, uh, character where uh, David Mizales plays Bruce Wayne and, um, and his himself as a doppelganger. So I'm wondering, is this going to be the, the Hush storyline? Um, or do you think this is going to be its own original?
1: You know, I've kind of gone back and forth with that because I know that some people think that it's the Hush storyline. But I'm not sure... You know, I don't know because he has no clue who he is, right? Which I, I wasn't even sure what they were gonna do with that. But his doppelganger has—he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know, like he doesn't seem to know anything. Um, but you know, I thought about that, but at the same time, if you think back, I believe it was season one, and Tommy Elliot wasn't an episode. Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, I do remember that. He was—he was uh,
1: the bully at school, wasn't he? he right, on yep. numbers. Um, and so I don't know if like that was a one shot or if but, like there, if Tommy Elliott is out there. So we do know that. but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what exactly they're going to do with that. That's kind of still my question mark because, you know, I thought maybe the Hush series, but I thought that at the same time, maybe it wouldn't be that because Tommy is already in existence. And we all right. know that Tommy Elliott is that, you know, so I don't. I I really don't know, like I can't figure out what exactly they're going to do with that. Um Yeah, I don't I don't know. What do you, what do you think?
2: Um either the hush storyline, which kind of makes sense, but also I think it's the court of owls making their play um yeah. with Hugo Strange. And I think that you know, we see um at the very end it's a character from the owls um attacks Alfred. I think it's Talon, but it's if you go by the timeline, Callan was the same age as Bruce in the comics, so I don't know if, they're, if this is a different person from the Court of Owls or not, but um, attacks Alfred, leaves him there unconscious, um, if, I guess is kind of a warning shot to, to back off. And I think it is, the play is, is if Bruce does go through with this, um, push to, to expose the, the Wayne Enterprise board, then they're going to basically abduct him and replace him with this um, doppelganger, yeah. it cloned. Right. So I think that Hugo was creating a doppelganger Bruce for the quarterback. For this purpose, yeah, yeah, for this purpose. Yeah, I
1: think I think that would probably make more sense. Um, you know, like I said, it would be a reason to, like you said, that quarterback kill him off and still have this, still have quote unquote Bruce Wayne around, even though it's a different one that isn't mm-hmm. causing them any
2: problems. Yeah, and I mean it's been done before in the in the comics. Um, I think the most recent or the last one they did was in the early 2000s, where um, um, Bruce was uh, cloned by I think it was Victor Freeze. I want to say I can't remember 100% exactly. It was a small storyline. It was irrelevant, but it's been done before, where Bruce has been cloned as an adult and yeah. has to take over. Um, the, and they did it before in an animated series. I remember there was an episode of that. Yeah, I, I, yeah um, I remember that. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that's going to be the case, is that, um, you know, that could be the Court of Owls' play, is that, hey, if Bruce is going to go up against Wayne Enterprise, board of members, or the Court of Owls, then we replace him with a clone, because the, the clone doesn't know who the heck he is. You know, right. we see him in the episode walking around, sifting through through trash and garbage, and you know, gets money from Selena, and then at the very end, you know, confronts um, what was it Isley, you know, about mm-hmm. who who that girl was and you know who he was and so forth, and he finally figures out, you know, he he looks and sounds like Bruce Wayne, right? So, you so know. So my
1: other question for you, uh, going off of some of these, you know, some of the. Uh, Hugo Strange's creations is, um, know they didn't come out and say it, but at the very beginning, um, I'm assuming that was probably Waylon Jones Killer Croc.
2: Yeah, very um, yeah, it, it definitely looked like you know Killer Croc ish. Um, the the scales is that what we call them I, I yeah. forgot my my. My all the knowledge I learned in middle school about dinosaurs, I forgot what they called <laughs> the things that sure, stick out of the yeah. yeah, we'll call them scales. So the scales. That would be a different interpretation of Killer Croc, but he definitely had the the physique, the skin, um, the power, you know, the strength and stuff. So uh,
1: now the other he, one
2: that they mentioned too was
1: that's been kind of talked about is um, when Gordon is uh, trying to before the flies out of the window. Is uh, oh man, talk about do you think that's man bat?
2: Yeah, that's definitely man-bat. Um, yeah. he, he, um, if you listen to kind of the audio during the, the scenes and stuff, as he's chasing or running from Gordon, you hear that kind of screech mm-hmm. um, going on. So I'm, that's definitely a man-bat. I think the only, the only villain that we have left that we haven't seen that's been previewed um, already is the Mad Hatter. Um, right. I
1: think I he's think probably going to have a bigger role. I think some of yeah. these individuals like – you know, Croc or man, Bat. I think those are kind of more like kind of Easter, like extended Easter eggs. I guess you want to say, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Them. Um, right. I don't know if they'd be reoccurring, but I think that's good because it shows like, Hey, here's how these characters exist, but it's not like the, the whole, that's not the focus of it. Cause it's still relatively grounded in reality.
2: Right. Um, so with that, you know, kind of wrapping up our, our review of the premiere. So you have the Gordon storyline being him, uh, being a bounty hunter now kind of going rogue and trying to find, um, you know, these villains out on his own and doing things not the, the police way. You have the storyline of Fish Mooney, Cobblepot, Barbara and Tabitha, um, Bruce's storyline, of course, the, the kind of quick throw-in to, to Isley becoming Ivy, which I thought that was kind of a throwaway. If you're going to... If you're gonna make this big ordeal about Pamela Isley growing up, you know, and becoming this more adult Poison Ivy, then I think that was that was the only thing that really got me about this episode was that that could have been its own, you know, story episode. And I know in TV you only have so much time and you got to get through across, but you had so much going on already that I think they could have saved that for another. Um, episode, at least. What do
1: you think? Yeah, it seems a little forced. Um, I mean, I think they probably want to do that to win, because what I'm assuming they're going to do is I'm assuming there's going to be an episode that's mainly centered around her. Right. So I'm assuming that they wanted to use a to be centered around whatever, around the older, showing how exactly it happened, or this or that. But, I mean, yeah, I do feel it was kind of rushed, because Yeah, we know, obviously, that, um, you know, she and Selena are friends, but, you know, just kind of popped out of nowhere and that she wanted to be, like, hanging out with her sort of thing. But I'm assuming that's why they did it. You know, it didn't take, it didn't really take away from me, but it did kind of catch me as, like, not random, but kind of forced. Um, But, you know, I think with this episode, though, I think they did a good job handling a lot of different storylines, but balancing them well. Because if someone we really didn't even talk about that I think will be um, interesting is Valerie Vale.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot about Um, that. I
1: forgot who you were talking about. Her her dynamics with the GCPD and Gordon, I thought was great. And you you can see where Vicky eventually kind of gets it from. But, you know, just that, you know, it's kind of like, is there going to be something between she and Gordon? Or, like, is it, or is she, like, honestly just all about the
2: story? Like, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I forgot about Valerie vale, uh being introduced this, uh, in this premiere episode. Yeah, I agree. I think um, she nailed it as, uh, as a character. Um, and uh, was, Give me one second. Um, mm-hmm. But she was ultimately like what you would assume would be the mom of you know, Vicky Vale and type deal and stuff and, um, and lead to that type of... Uh, that role, yeah. That role, news reporter, always... Because, you know, Batman 89 was the, the movie that really made Vicky Vale... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, a, a, a character that people remember. And that was, you know... Um, that was the character basically always going after the news story and doing whatever it took to get, the you know, the news story. So, yeah, I Absolutely. definitely... Yeah, that was a good little piece out of this premiere episode. I forgot about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so much. I mean, this was a a slam pack in one hour type episode that. Yeah. Was so many things going on. Yeah, I they balanced it well though. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Yeah, and I mean, to me, it was my only complaint was the the importance of poison ivy being to so that mythology. An uh if you're going to change this um, this storyline a little bit to make it more, I don't know, not relevant, but just more. Adultish, that they just kind of threw threw it away a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, so that kind of wraps up. Uh, is, is there any other thoughts you have on Gotham series premiere? Uh, no. You know, I thought, like I said, I thought it was good. and It made me excited to
1: watch to watch the rest of the season. So that's always good.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, especially in, in this is the toughest show because it's got to go up against Supergirl. And with Supergirl getting so much hype, you know, on the CW and everything, that, that when Supergirl does come on in uh, another two weeks, that it's going to have a lot of competition. From it's like that's the only thing that that kills me about the show is that you're you're basically competing against yourself. And is it fair? Who knows? I mean, um right. but I think I think the by the showrunners and producers and writers going more the adult way of it. I think it's smart because you I mean, supergirls gonna capture the the younger audience, so you gotta sure. find that other niche in the, in that to twenty five to thirty five year old um audience you know group that's the 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 target they should go after, and that's what they should be doing, and that's what I think yeah. what they're they're planning on for the season so mm-hmm. kinda um just that kind of wraps up there i mean, you know with that was really the only series premiere that we've got going on. I mean, there's definitely other shows we can, you know, we'll be talking about later on as they premiere on. Um, But moving on to the next topic is um, Netflix is coming out with some new shows and um, new movies getting on board. Um, The most popular, most talked about show coming up the end of this month slash beginning of the month is on September 30th. Luke Cage, the third uh, series from Marvel, comes out. And all the reviews from the premiere episode have been great. Everybody loves it. And this looks like this is going to be the show that kind of, you know, establishes Marvel as the, you know, the Netflix uh, go-to people and stuff. Uh, Because, you know, two seasons of Daredevil has gotten great reviews. Jessica Jones, I mean, there's arguments online, and I've been in some of those arguments of what's better, Jessica Jones or, or Daredevil. And then for those who have seen Luke Cage. They basically say that Luke Cage blows uh, blows both of them out of the water. That um, yeah, it's 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 definitely its own genre. But um, so that's definitely something to to look out for. Um, Do you have a a movie or a show that you're you're looking forward to uh, coming out, or it's already on Netflix? You know, um, I am
1: big with I I love series shows. Um, I was you know trying to follow something, and what I actually have been watching, and it's not new by any means, but it's kind of to preface for its next series um, is uh, Prison Break. I mean, uh, if you have never checked out the series, you need to, um, because it's on Netflix, and a lot of there's a lot of series like that. Um, but doesn't break it. I feel like it's one of the fewer series where there's multiple within an episode and I'm not even joking. Almost every episode ends on some sort of cliffhanger. You know, I think a lot of times it's like a show will end and it's you know, and it's fine. It was maybe kind of like a filler episode or one like bridges the gap or anything like that. There's seriously always something going on with this. And One of the, I mean, my wife got me into it, but one of the other uh, reasons uh, we've been watching it again um, is because there's four seasons of it. But um, in, I think they said January, January or February, they're coming out with a 10 episode five. And so, I mean, it's been off. I mean, season four was, oh gosh, 10, maybe? Um, so, you know, it's been off for a while, but, you know, they're doing the same thing like, uh, um, a couple other shows have done that. What other
2: shows have that where they come out with like 10 episodes? Um, Well, just recently it was X-Files. X-Files had that big hiatus break and then they came back with a, um, it was a six episode, uh, season and it went over so well, reviews went so well that, they're basically going to shoot another uh, season either similar to it where it's six episodes or try to expand it more into 10 to 12 episodes type deal. But, yeah, um, it definitely is for Prison Break coming out, it's in January, uh, right after the winter hiatus. Uh-huh. So be in the second half of the, of the season. Um, it'll premiere, and so if you haven't watched Prison Break before, this is a good way to get yourself caught up so when it does come out that uh, you're you're already ready to go. You know what to expect because um, yeah. I know a couple if of you, friends of mine who watched the uh, X-Files uh, six-episode series just recently and they had no clue what was going on. They had uh, no yeah. idea because they, they never watched the X-Files original series. So they Well, and if you, like, if you like to binge watch, I would definitely recommend this series
1: because you could sit there and binge watch and get them all knocked out. I mean, it's just they're they're really good. It's they're extremely entertaining, great characters. Um really cool storyline too. So that's yeah, why I'd definitely recommend.
2: And if you're a, a fan of Legends of Tomorrow, it's you get to see yep. uh, uh Wentworth Miller and uh Dominic Purcell. Yep. Purcell. Purcell. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of get their their beginning as their acting careers and how they, you know, if you ever wonder why they're so good working together on Legends, this is um this is where you you can see it is from their, their time on Prison Break Together and they are reprising the same roles on Prison Break. Yep. So if you're well, on... yeah, it's actually pretty interesting too because
1: some of the um actually let's see, out of like the main cast members from Prison Break, four of them have played in CW roles. So right. because you had Wentworth and Dominic Purcell, and then um um the guy who played um uh he played Clock King, I think, to say. Or maybe it was Clock King. Um on Flash it wasn't Clock King. But uh I'm oh, sure I forget his name, but then another one was um the second vertigo. So, you know, those guys like, yes, have all about. been in yeah, they've all been in either Flash or Era. So yeah. you probably recognize them from that if you watch.
2: Yeah, so it, it's definitely a, a series to pick up on. Um, another, uh, not necessarily a new series, kind of like where Mark's going at, but it's uh, the catch-up series is that on October 1st you have, um, or no, I'm sorry, October 2nd, you have uh, The Flash and um, Arrow. Uh, uh, season 2 of The Flash, season 4 of The Arrow getting um, put on Netflix. So that gives you about around a week, a little less than a week to be Uh, get yourself caught up if there's any episodes you missed, or if you just want to if you're that type of person like me that likes to watch the season prior to the the new season and get yourself all caught up um, one more time, then definitely check those out. Uh, They'll be um, right at the beginning of October in the first week of flashes on. I thought thought it was October 2nd. It's actually, I'm sorry. October 4th is the flash and October 5th is arrow. Um, And then moving forward after this season, um, Netflix will have the rights to all the CW shows, so once the season ends, I believe it's going to be a week after the season ends, they will be all up on Netflix for you to watch, so um, definitely Netflix is becoming more and more powerful every single year um, with, with its control over certain movies, because I know they have the rights to Netflix now has the rights to all the future Star Wars movies that um, starting with Rogue One, once it goes out on DVD and everything, and it's got it sales that Netflix will have control of Rogue One and episode eight um, and all the future Star Wars movies will be strictly on Netflix and you won't I'll get to see it. anymore. Yeah, that, that was a big win for Netflix. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the the next news of the week that was announced, was CW um, is coming out with their, well, it's, they've come out with a new app um, and this app is basically dedicated to people Um, like me, who like to continuously watch shows over and over and over again and not just watch it one time. Um, Mm -hmm. Their app is basically going to allow you to watch all the CW shows um, 24 hours after they've aired, but not only that, but the previous five weeks. So they're going to keep a running cycle of uh, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, um, Rain, and uh, 100, along with some of their other shows, as a five week data or bank of shows and so you can stay caught up with them. It's if you missed and didn't D V R it. You can watch it there. But you can also go back five weeks prior and kind of, you know, fill in docs and stuff. And I think with shows like The Flash where it's all about twists and turns and characters, you know, switching sides, it, it, it does help out for, you know, the the regular viewer to say, wait a minute, what happened here? You know, how did you know Cisco go from being a nerd to owning, you know, yes, a super yeah. giant corporation and stuff like that? So, well, it's
1: definitely nice too. You know, I've actually used it, and it's, it's one that's user friendly. But two, it's nice because, like I said, you know, you can get it on your iPad, you can get it on your phone. You know, I mean, I was um, waiting somewhere the other day. I had to wait for a little while, and I just, you know, I was like, oh, okay. I'll check out the CW app and I was checking it out and I just watched the like, you know, some of the episodes from the end of last week, last season and it was um yeah, it's just really cool to like I said, it's just very accessible, um really easy to use and just kinda to either like you said, to get caught up or to get another viewing if you didn't record it. Um I definitely check it out.
2: Yeah, definitely. So um that's it for me on this week. Is there anything else you you thought of or we need to cover?
1: No, I think I think
2: it's good. I think you know, like I said it's a little bit of a slower week um but it's
1: everything should be picking back up with um um now that uh the uh, CW will start up here and like you said a couple weeks and and we should be back in action.
2: Yeah, and so we'll be covering majority of the CW shows on top of um you know, I'll be covering The Walking Dead, but that doesn't come out until later in October. Uh Justin Medina will be covering Luke Cage. He's all about the the Netflix Marvel show, so he's doing a a binge-watching the minute it comes out, uh, all the episodes, and he's going to be basically hitting up all the the reviews, you know, within a week um, for every episode. I know he's excited to cover that. Um, And then we've got a couple other new writers joining, and they'll be taking over some of the shows and uh, covering some more in shows. So we're continuously starting to expand on our coverage on comics, TV, and movies. Uh you guys listening out there think that there's a show that we should be watching or should be covering or a movie or a comic book, please let us know. Go to the website, um, put it in the comments section, uh, find us on Twitter, find you know, email us, we will cover it. You know, this is a website, you know, uh by fan by fanboys for fanboys. And so um that's what we're looking for out of you guys right now is just guide us, tell us what you want us to cover and we'll give you our thoughts. Um, And let us know if you agree or disagree with what we said about Gotham today. Um, So besides that, make sure you check out um, the other great things we have to offer on LRMonline.com. Make sure you check out those fanboys podcast that comes out weekly, giving you all the big news from the movie world, TV, and uh, some of the comic book news that is, you know, big time uh, events. Uh, Check out. Uh, comic uno's uh, videos that come out uh, every week on monday and she gives you her in, you know her input on some of the, the things she's interested in for the week uh movies television comics just general news wise uh, make sure you check out the weekend warrior he comes out with his weekly posts on wednesdays and also some of the most exclusive interviews uh that you'll hear and he's gonna in to let you know is how much uh edward douglas is how good he is like He's going to ask the questions that none of the other guys are going to ask. He's going to get the, the inside stories that no one else is going to get. So make sure you check out his articles uh, every Wednesday. Uh, sign up for our newsletter to make sure that you're up to date on all the uh, the great things LRM Online has to offer. Uh, so that's it for us again. Um, let us know what you think. Tell us what shows we should cover, and we will definitely do that. So um, that's it from us. Make sure check us out future episodes.